you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube. So, let me just, as this is getting started up, we had a great week this week. We went down, we were invited to go speak to um, the leadership team, the the uh, main leadership team from International Scripture Ministries, which is one of the missions groups that we support as a church. And... It was, uh, they were having, they gather their their main team. I believe it was eight people. There were a few more there, but I think it was eight people in leadership positions. They gathered at a, a home outside of Santa Fe, and uh, they had other meetings through the week. Karen and I did their opening meeting and their closing meeting Wednesday and Friday, Karen led worship. It was a real intimate setting. The first uh, day we were able to meet out on this deck, uh, flagstone deck. It was one of those places in Santa Fe. I mean, it's an Airbnb or something uh, for these people. They don't own it, but, um, you know, it's one of these huge, beautiful houses and very nice setting. And so we did that outside the first day, and then it was it got colder. It was snowing on the last day, so we were inside. But so it was a really intimate, great setting. The Spirit of God, just as Karen would lead worship, the Spirit of God just came in. They had times of ministry one to another in a personal way, times to go over business things. I ministered the word. It was awesome for us. It was so, it was just refreshing for us. It was just a great atmosphere. And um, so anyway, I just bring that up because I really, I want to thank you guys, you know, that, that we're able to go do things like that once in a while. It's, it was good for them, good for us. These are people we have known for 30-some years at least, maybe 40-some years. I can't count anymore. And um, anyway, so it was really good. We don't see them very often. Those guys, I always tell you, I don't understand what they're doing. I understand what they're doing a little better after spending that time with them. But their point is to get the word of God in everyone's language to everyone on the earth through technology. And they're just continuing to change with technology. And so they're using uh, the, the things we're used to, the means we're used to from FM radio to television to different things. They're empowering other ministries to do this stuff to the internet and all of that, to where they're headed is to have their own satellite constellation. They want to get beyond government control of getting the word out to people. They want to get beyond big tech control. They want to get beyond, and this is a sad truth, the control of the big Bible translators. Because that whole thing, I never knew that. It's a big business. And if they don't like you, you don't get to use their stuff. It 
It is a political system among the big Bible translators that we have in the earth today. So they are using mind-boggling technology. And right now, well, there's some things, I don't know how much that's supposed to be public, but uh, just to say <laughs> that part's supposed to be public. But uh, they're using AI uh, to do translation. They are, they are doing a lot of different things that have just not been done before. And the whole point is get the word of God out they can take your voice or my voice and, and if, if like this teaching we're doing today, they could take this and in moments they can perfectly accurately have it out with my voice, your voice, whatever, in dozens of languages right now. And, and then ship it out through all kinds of different means. But it's just stunning what they're doing. And, and yet they're just pretty normal people. As, as, well, I won't say that. They're not, Troy's not normal at all. We'll have him in sometime to talk to us. They're just so darn busy. So thank you uh, for letting us go. And, and um, that's a great connection. I'm really glad God has us connected with people doing stuff like that. Okay, y'all ready for the word this morning? Okay, so you know, I think everybody here has been here the last several weeks. We've been talking about stewardship. We've defined that. We said that faithfulness, the scripture tells us that it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful. Last week, we defined what faithfulness is. We said it's the primary characteristic God looks for in our hearts for stewardship. Okay, It is the quality of steadfast allegiance or loyalty, firm adherence to promises or the keeping of one's word, firm adherence to timely fulfillment of duty. Thus, the uh, faithful person is steadfast. They prove themselves trustworthy. They're reliable. They're steady. We've said all this stuff for a couple of weeks. Where I want to go today, and I've been anxious to get to this, faithfulness travels with a group of companions with a group of companion characteristics or qualities, heart qualities. They travel together. They feed with one another. We see every one of these things in the Lord. He displays these things to us and he births them in us. If we're going to be people, faithful stewards over what God's brought into our life, we need all of these qualities at work in us. And for everyone, it's not like you can just look at the things we're going to talk about today and go, okay, I'm going to be that. No, we need to let the Lord develop these things in us. Okay, does that make sense to you so far? All right. So the first one is integrity. All right. If you are going to be Just think of it this way. We'll start laying this out. Lord said he's going to be looking for stewards, faithful stewards, the people that have. He defined that as, I left you here with an assignment. And when I come back, the one thing I'm going to look for is that you're just doing what I left you here to do. Just doing what I left you here to do. This answers that, that truth right there. This is what Jesus is going to look for when he comes back. Okay, there's all this hoopla right now about every single time there is a war in the Middle East, the church panics. It is, it is absolutely predictable. Is, well, isn't that important? Sure, it's important. It's important on a whole bunch of levels. 
But I had a conversation on the phone just recently with a lady that just, you know, she said, well, I believe this is, you know, it's not just the last days. This is the last of the last days. Okay. So what? So what? Well, but we need to be praying. Well, haven't you been praying? You know, seriously, you know, well, we need to be gathering together. Well, the Bible tells us that. Haven't you been gathering together? You know, if the Lord tells you to do something more, something extra, by all means, do it. But the point of that phone call was not for her to say what the Lord's telling her to do. It was for her to say what she thinks I should do that she's not doing. Okay, it was one of those calls. Did you get that? (laughs) Tell me what to do because she's not doing it. Okay, this hoopla that goes on is not productive. One of these times, I've said this to you before, everybody, oh, I think this, I think Jesus is coming back. Well, one of these times they're going to be right. You know, okay, but what does that mean? Okay, I come back right here. It's like, are you doing what he set you here to do? And are you, and yes, that's an increasing thing. And we're not, we're not always all perfect in this. I'm not saying that, but it's like, that's it. That's what he's going to be looking for. That's what a faithful steward does. Just do what he's given you. What's your assignment? What's your place? That's a growing thing with all of us. We're learning it. We're gaining it. He's, he's increasing insight for us. He's showing us what our gifts are and, and all that. I understand that. But it's like, no panic. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Peace. Okay. So, so we need to be, to be good stewards. We have to be faithful people. We've already talked about that. To be faithful people, we have to have integrity. It's one of the qualities we have to have. So integrity is the quality of being honest, all right? Which means more than not telling lies. Being honest, okay? Being steadfast in your adherence to strong moral and ethical principles, all right? So we have And we're learning, and the Lord's showing us. We're learning from the Word of God what God's morality looks like, what His ethics look like. And we're choosing, through integrity, that we will adhere to that. Our lives will reflect that. Okay, does that make sense to you? All right? The word integrity means to be whole or complete. means we don't have a bunch of holes, H-O-L-E, in our life. Okay? It, it means there is cohesion between our beliefs and our actions. Okay, our actions reflect our convictions. There, it's an accurate, the outward life accurately reflects the inward life. That's what integrity means. Something that has integrity, if we think about it in the sense of a building or something that has integrity, it means it's strong, it's joined together in the right way. You know, if you do a concrete pour and there's holes in it, well, that concrete isn't going to have integrity. You, you need it to be cohesive. You need it to be the same all the way through, outside to inside. Okay, that's, that's what integrity is. To be faithful, we've got to have integrity. Integrity means that we're not divided. It means there is, let me say it this way, The opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, okay? 
And we need to understand what that word means because we see it, Jesus uses it. He calls, he calls the Pharisees hypocrites. Why? Because their outward life did not match what was going on in their hearts. All right? Now, I really want you to understand this because this is so, so important because the world calls all of us hypocrites because we're not perfect yet. Okay? Because we still make mistakes. We still sin. We're still human beings. And, and so they call that hypocrisy. That's not hypocrisy. It's being a human being. If you're honest about your own, you know, failures and faults and things like that, then it, then it's not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is an outward life that does not match the inward convictions. And it's done on purpose. The word in the Greek means play actor. So in other words, a hypocrite is a person who puts on a mask. They show they show one face, you know, out in public or in different settings. We have different faces that we put on, but really on the inside, we know none of that's true. That's hypocrisy, okay? That's the opposite of integrity. What hypocrisy is not, and I want everybody to hear this, it is not actions that don't line up with your feelings or emotions, okay? I can have feelings on the inside, I want to go over and hit that person in the face. Not that I ever feel that way. I'm just saying, this is just an example, okay? I can have a feeling, I'm angry with this person, I want to express it. That's a feeling, but I'm not going to act on it, hopefully. I'm not going to act on it. That is not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is actions that don't line up with your convictions, if I choose to forgive someone that I'm angry with, I'm feeling the anger. There's an emotion of anger, but I, my outward action comes from my conviction that is I need to forgive people and act in the love of God. Does this, is this making sense? You getting this? So, so beca- and the reason I'm laboring this is because there's so much out there in the world about, oh, just follow your heart, you know? That's a bad idea a lot of times, unless your heart, your mind, in the areas where it is renewed to God's heart and mind, then yeah, follow your heart. But, you know, you just got to be true to yourself. No, I got to be true to him and his word, which is hopefully increasingly becoming myself. But you know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff out there. Oh, you just got to live by your feelings. If I'm not just out there... If I get angry, I just have to get online and blast a bunch of people. Well, that's not who we are. That's not where our convictions are. It's not who Christ in us is. Instead, I'm not being hypocritical if I say, no fingers, you will not do that face. You will retain a smile here and you will not say what's coming up because it's not coming from the inward life in me. Does that make sense? So we can restrain the flesh. That's not hypocrisy, okay? But you'll get accused of hypocrisy. We just saw just a television show, old television show we were watching, not very old, I guess. And this couple was getting married and their vows were basically, I, I, I take you and ask you to be nothing but yourself. And, the, and back and forth, just, you just be you. I'll just be me. This were the wedding vows. I'm thinking, oh, that's going to last. You know, no, no laying down of life for one another. No, I'll stick with you through thick and thin. No commitment of any kind. Just, oh, you just be you and I'll be me. And I, I, that's the first thought that came to my mind. 
they'll be in somebody's counseling office in about 10 minutes. So, so that's just, we need to understand where, you know, that integrity means we're learning, we're growing, we're not perfect, but we don't have to, we're not out there faking it either. We're not, I mean, sometimes I can be standing here in worship and I'm, I'm battling getting my focus on the Lord. I don't necessarily feel like lifting my hands, but I know it's the right thing to do. I'll lift my hands. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not trying to, I'm not faking it. I'm not, I'm, I'm just this, I'm just being obedient to what the word says to do. And a lot of times taking that physical action, the spiritual stuff will just start to flow. That's not hypocrisy. Okay. Why? Because I have a conviction that God is always worthy of my praise. This makes sense. Yeah. So, so integrity is just so important. It just means we keep our word. We fulfill our obligation. We don't have to be coerced or reminded even a lot of times to do what we said we would do. I remember, and I've got, I've got relatives. Well, I did have relatives. They're all in heaven now. Uh, who lived in Montana, had massive ranches up there that bought and sold those huge properties on Handshake. And this was not very long ago, you know, a couple decades, not very long ago. You know, Handshake, no lawyers to pay, right? No, no giant contracts, Handshake. And everybody was cool with it. Everybody knew what was expected and they, and they did it and they followed through. That was because they had integrity and they knew that both ranchers knew that other person has proven their integrity. They've proven they're good for their word. So that, boy, uh, life would be simpler, wouldn't it? It was simpler. Okay. Let me give you a few scriptures here. We're probably only going to get through two of these qualities today. Um, These are great verses. I just put the references up there for you. Psalm 7 Verse 8 says, the Lord shall judge the peoples. And then this is David praying this to God. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. He's saying, God, analyze me. Tell me, what's my integrity look like to you? That's a, that's a scary prayer <laughs> right there. But that's what he prayed. Judge me according to my integrity within me. That's awesome. Psalm 25, verse 21 says, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for and expect you. So so here's this verse. Okay, so back to our end times thing. I'm waiting for and expecting the Lord. What am I going to do about that? I'm praying, Lord, let integrity and upright preserve me. That word preserve means to protect. He's saying let, so there's a protection that comes from living a life of integrity. There's a lot of problems we don't run into when we simply live in integrity. We're transparent. We're honest. We're, we're living that kind of life. We're not playing games. We're not having a little thing over on the side. We're not trying to cheat somebody. Okay. There's protection that comes with that. Okay. This word preserve is used of the needed, get this, the needed maintenance and nurture of a tree so it will produce good fruit. He's saying, Lord, let integrity and uprightness maintain and nurture my life 
so that the tree of my life will produce good fruit. That's amazing. That's amazing to me that the, in the, the Hebrew is used that way. This word is also used in other places to refer of maintaining God's truth in both heart and actions. And finally, and I love this one, this word is used of the effect of keeping our speech under control. Lord, let integrity and uprightness, let integrity have the effect of helping me keep my mouth under control. That's a great prayer. Integrity will do that. There are those times where you just know, no, I'm not going to say that. As badly as I want to say that, that is not going to produce good fruit. That is not what the Lord is asking me to do. That is not the way Jesus would respond. So I'm going to live according to my convictions. You can see how this ties into being a faithful steward, right? Just just living with integrity. All right, another one, Psalm 41, verse 12. Again, I believe this is David, one of the psalmists, saying, As for me... You uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. You uphold me. When we live in integrity, there's something that, that we put something in God's hand to uphold us, to hold us, keep us from falling, keep us from going under. Just integrity, just living in integrity. All right? You uphold me in my integrity and you set me before your face forever. Wow. Proverbs 11.3. It says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the willful contrariness and crookedness of the treacherous shall destroy them. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. I can't tell you how many times in our lives we took this verse. People say, oh, how does the Lord lead? Well, this is one way. Okay, it's just one way. But you got two decisions. One has more integrity than the other. You choose the one that has integrity. I haven't heard from God. Choose the one that has integrity. Just choose the one that has integrity. It's really easy. It's really, it's not always easy, but it's simple. Okay? The integrity of the upright will guide them. This is a totally honest business deal. This one, eh, it's a little flaky. Choose the honest one. Okay, this is a, this is a, a, a relationship that, that is just healthy for, for both of us, choose that one, you know, live in integrity. It'll guide you. It makes so many decisions so much easier. And it, as you just start to live this way, it just becomes habit. It just becomes natural to you. You don't have to pray about it forever. You don't have to, when you find that something's off, something's dishonest, something's not right, we can't be participating in that stuff. And that, and that can get complicated in today's world because so many business deals, so many different things, they've got a little bit of stuff in them. Well, you're going to have to figure that out if you want to be a person of integrity. Does this make sense to you? You okay? Okay. So integrity, all right? Next one is commitment. I just see these going in a line. If we're going to be good stewards, we have to be faithful. If we're going to be faithful, we have to have integrity. If we are going to be people of integrity, we have to be people of commitment. We have to have commitment working in our lives. 
Okay, Commitment is the quality of character that motivates one to carry out a promise or obligation without hesitation or reservation. Okay, I'm going to carry this out. I said it if, it, if it comes to a deal where, oh, I didn't foresee this, something needs to change, well, then I'm going to communicate. I'm going to talk that through. I'm going to, re, I'm going to stay in integrity. And if something needs to change, we're going to work it out. We'll work out a change. But I'm committed to seeing through what I have said I would do or what I have the path I've started on. And, you know, again, this is one of these qualities that is just, you know, falling by the wayside as 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 our culture gets more self-absorbed and more self, you know, couples standing up and, oh, my commitment to you is that you just be, you just be true to yourself and I'll be true to myself. Well, that's no commitment. That's not committing to one another, okay? That's all about, I want to be just whoever I want to be throughout this relationship. And so in order, then I just want you to be whoever you want to be because I don't want any responsibility for any of this. That's not a marriage, number one. But that kind of, that kind of attitude as, as that permeates our society Things like commitment, well, this might, what if I get up the road and I don't feel like it anymore? Do you have commitment or don't you? What if I get up and it's, it's not good? Well, you might have to figure out a different direction, but you stay committed, okay? You commit yourself to making this thing work. Commitment joins your focus with determination, perseverance, and endurance to bring about the desired end. It, it takes your focus, here's the goal, here's where we want to go. I'm committed to seeing that happen. Commitment is what brings, it brings in determination. I'm determined to see that happen. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to endure. I'm not quitting the first time it gets hard. I'm not quitting the first time I get hurt. I'm not quitting. I made a commitment. I'm not quitting. And as far as it depends on me, when you're dealing with multiple people, the Bible says, as far as it depends on you, get along with everybody, okay? So I've got a responsibility there. I've got to go to the Lord. I've got to figure out on my part how to make this work. If somebody else opts out of it, that's, you know, that's not my fault, okay? I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Is this make, is this, can you receive this, Okay. Jesus displayed commitment throughout his ministry. He was criticized. He was ostracized. He was lied about. And certainly in the garden when he was facing the cross and his prayer was, Father, if there's some other way to do this, let's go that way. But if not... Not my will, but yours be done. In other words, I'm not going to let my flesh that is currently so stressed that I'm, I have blood coming out of my body because I'm so stressed over what I'm facing. I'm not going to let that make this determination. I want to do your will. That's commitment. That's commitment. He, he stuck to what he was called to do. Okay? Psalm 37, verse 5. It says, commit your way. Karen actually started stealing some of this earlier. <laughs> commit your way to the Lord. 
Roll and repose each care of your load on him. This is the Amplified. Trust, lean on, rely on, be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. Okay? Commit your way, your path to the Lord. Commit. All right? So it's not just, I'm going to follow you as long as it's convenient, any of that. It's, I'm committing my life. I'm committing my way, O oh Lord, to you. The only way we can do that is if we, are, we know God is good. And he has the very best plan for our life, even though sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it, it definitely challenges us. It is for my blessing. It is for my good. Jesus is the one who said, I've come that they might have life and life more abundantly. There's nobody else made that promise to you. There's nobody else that's made that promise to you. And so it's saying here, commit your way to the Lord. Don't lend your way to the Lord. Don't give it to him once in a while and then take it back. In fact, let me just, before I go off on this, let me um, just give you a couple of words here. The opposite of commitment is being indecisive, okay? Unable to decide between one or more courses of actions. At some point, you can consider and you can pray, but when you find the right thing, you got to commit to it, Okay? Being indecisive won't get you anywhere in life. Wavering, that, that lifestyle of wavering back and forth. You start going one way and somebody talks you out of it and you go a different way. Well, this person says this and that person says that. Yeah, I know. You got to find what the Lord says and commit your way to that. Commit your way to the Lord. Okay. Um, when we're, you know, in this day and age, we're told that all opinions are of equal value. Well, no, they're not. God's opinion is of ultimate value. All right. Everybody else's opinion is their opinion and they're, they're welcome to it. I'm not going to live my life by everybody's opinion. I'm not going to bounce back and forth needing someone's approval. Uh, and, and so agree with them and then agree with them and then agree with the Lord and then agree over here. That is wavering. And, and, um, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, this is Elijah came up. You know, he was such a wimp, Elijah, I tell you. He came, came to all the people and he said, how long will you halt and limp between two opinions? How long will you halt and limp between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. And the people, it says, didn't answer him. They were just quiet. How long will you halt, so you're not going forward anymore, and limp, it's breaking down your life, between multiple opinions, okay? If God is the Lord, follow him. If something else is God, if the trees are God, you know, if, if whatever, if you are God, better follow you. But if the Lord is God, boom. Follow him, okay? That's commitment. Um, James chapter one, I won't read the whole thing, but uh, verses five through eight, James says, if you're lacking wisdom about a decision, ask the Lord. He'll give it to you freely. He won't, he won't criticize you for not knowing. He'll give it to you. But he says, don't ask. If you're gonna ask, ask in faith. If you doubt, if you, if you waver, you're like a, a wave of the sea, just pushed around by every breath, every wind, every opinion, Okay, and he said, don't think, I love this. He says, I think it's verse eight. He says, don't think you will receive 
anything from the Lord because you're double-minded. It doesn't say, don't think God's going to bring his wisdom. Don't even think God's going to send his wisdom to you if you're double-minded. He didn't say that. God will deliver his wisdom because he's faithful to himself. Remember what we saw last week? Even when we're unfaithful, he's faithful to himself. If we ask for wisdom, he's going to give it to us. He said, don't think you're going to receive it. In other words, you're not going to accept it if you're bouncing around between opinions. It just makes this life that just floats back and forth and and doesn't get anywhere. You know, this um, Psalm 37 verse 5 that we just read, commit your way to the Lord and he will bring it to pass. Lean on, trust in him, commit your way to the Lord. That verse, the Lord tied that in my life personally when I first came I was really starting to walk with the Lord and I came to this verse and that word commit just stood out to me. And it was, I'd had this experience when I was younger and I was learning to fly hang gliders. And at that time, the way we learned to fly hang gliders is you got out with somebody who already flew on a little hill, small hill, and you ran and you crashed and you ran and you crashed until you figured out how to launch that glider, you know? And it was, that's just how we did it. Now they go tandem, they have radios, they have much better gliders, they have all this stuff. And and it's a whole lot better system. But this was the early days. We were just beyond making them out of bamboo and plastic sheeting with duct tape, okay? So, you know, we're just in the days beyond that. And so when I first started learning, I went with my brothers who were already flying and I was with my brother Tom at one point, and we were on a very small hill, a pretty shallow slope too. And his glider was too small for me. He's smaller than I am, so it was too small. So I've got to get going really fast to make it fly with my weight. So I was out there slamming his glider into the ground time and time again and never did get it off the ground that evening. And we got, we got it all folded up, and on his van we were headed home. And he turned to me and he said, you have to commit the wing to the air. That's all he said. You have to commit the wing to the air. And it was like revelation knowledge. When he said, commit the wing to the air, I could feel what that meant. And the problem was that I was picking that glider up and I was running down the, I can't even you know, show you. You have to lean and run down the hill like, I will run to the very bottom of the hill. I, I'm not stopping anywhere. I am leaning in. I can't catch myself. I am fully committed to this. I will either slam into the ground or run to the bottom of the hill and then slam into the ground. But I, it's that level of I'm leaned in. I'm not, there's no other way. I am going. And from that day on, I never blew another launch ever. It was just like that word commit just went off in me and it was like, okay, I can do that. And even with the next time we went out, I got his glider off the ground. Later, I got one that was my size. But it was that, and it's the same way. When I, when I first read this scripture and the Lord brought it, he reminded me of that, that commitment, committing my way to the Lord means if this doesn't work, if God doesn't uphold me, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall on the ground. I am committed to going forward with this. And 
again, in our society, that's starting to be, that's, that's falling to the wayside. I'm committed to this business partnership. I am not going to flake out on it. I'm not going to back out. And again, I understand when you're dealing with more than one person, there's more than one person involved. But for your part, I'm going to be a faithful steward. I have integrity in my heart. And I am doing what I do in commitment to the Lord. And I mean, this comes down to, you know, I, I don't have time to read these verses. We'll get into them next next week. I've got some good verses on this. But if, you know, if you're not ready to commit to love and care for, I used to always say this to the guys, you're not ready to commit to that woman. Why are you trying to get her into your bed? Why are you doing that? Now I got to say it to both. Okay, ladies, if you're not ready to commit to that person, okay, why are you sleeping with them? That is a, that is a putting together of two spirits. We are joined together. And I know the society doesn't believe this, but it's true. The scripture says we become one flesh. And then you tear that apart and you go become one flesh to somebody else. You tear that apart, you tear that apart. It's no wonder we end up with all the scars. If you're not ready, if you're not ready to commit to raising a child, then don't get pregnant. And you know what that means? Don't sleep together. Oh, well, we were being careful. And yeah, I know how that goes. I know how that goes, okay? You all right? Is this the truth? You're, you know, you think about what you are, there are commitments we make that we don't think we're making a commitment. Well, you're making a commitment, okay? So you've got to think about these things because it's life-changing for people. You can devastate people's lives through these things. If you're not ready to commit to a business decision, don't make the decision, okay? Have commitment in your life. Have commitment in your life. Does this make sense to you? Are you happy? Are you glad you came to church? I have more. So you may really want to think about, actually, next week I'll be nice. But, you know, there are more of these pieces that just go right with, if we're going to be stewards, we just have to have these things in our life. And honestly, you know what all these, when they all come together, all it is, is a life of excellence. That's all it is. It's just a godly life. It's not, it sounds like, oh my gosh, you know, to a lot of us. And it's like, no, no, this is basic. This is just a godly life. This is an excellent life. It'll, it'll reap tremendous rewards in your life and make it so much easier, so much simpler when we just make some of these decisions. All right, let's stand up and pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we, all of us together here, we love your word. We really do. And Father, we know that, Lord, your ways are the best ways. Your ways are the ways that are full of life. You are the one who gives us life. You are the one who invites us into your life. And Lord, we want to be great stewards for you. We want to be people of faithfulness. We want to be people who know, who have integrity and know how to make commitments. And we need training. And that's why you sent the Holy Spirit. And that's why you sent your word. So Lord, right now we put our trust in you. 
And Lord, we agree with what your word says, not just what I say, but what your word says. We choose to agree and we ask you, Holy Spirit, show us how to live it. Show us what we need to do. Show us, Lord. And Father, we thank you for it today. And we thank you as we go out into this community and to our different, our employment, our homes, whatever it is today, God, throughout this week, Lord, we pray that we would be good stewards. Lord, remind us, Holy Spirit, to be good stewards over the things you've put in our hands and teach us how to do it. And we thank you for all of that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. All right, if you're involved in Children's Church or want to be, then come back in here in about 15 minutes. That'd be like 20 after, so not too bad. Not as bad as Laura predicted. All right, let's say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison base in the world. Go out there and be the church. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org.